This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Football GM Podcast here on the Athletic Football Show feed. I am Mike Sando, Senior Writer for The Athletic, along with Randy Mueller, three-time former GM and current GM. Randy, how you doing? I, I understand <laughs> you've been uh, pulling a little double duty here. You've been down in Dallas with your XFL uh, job, flew back yeah. today. How's that going? We got a lot to talk about today. We're, we're the Colts <laughs> well, I'm and sure people stuff. are waiting uh, with yeah. bated breath over the XFL uh, story. No, we so. are. I just, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it was great. Yeah. It was the first time, you know, those that don't know, uh, I'm involved yeah. with the Sea Dragons here in Seattle. And it was the first time we were able to gather and get together and, and mm-hmm. do some things. So we've got a big draft coming up here next week. So it's uh, uh-huh. it was nice to get back in draft mode and uh-huh. kind of building a board and things that you do your whole life that you know, you kind of miss. So it was great. I, I like the process yeah. of exactly everything that goes on getting ready for a draft. And so this yep. was part of that. So it's fun. You know, one thing I'll say about Randy is, you know, I talk to so many people in the league and guys who've kind of go out of the league. And usually when people stop uh, being with an NFL team, they're really good for a year. And then the year after that, they're a little further away. And by about three or four years, I realized, geez, I'm not talking to him as much anymore. And the thing I love about Randy is like, you have that itch and and you always want to do this and you're always watching the film and you're picking up stuff on things that are going out just like you would have been right. if you were still with the Chargers five years ago. And of course, you prove it now by getting this uh, XFL job. So it's in your blood, isn't it? I mean, you just like to well, do this all the time. I figure it's a spring league, right? And fishing stinks <laughs> in Idaho in the spring, so I can't fish or hunt in the spring, so what the heck, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Well, let's fish and hunt for some topics here, which we, we don't have a, a a hard time finding. We're definitely getting into the Colts with the Jim Irsay stuff, hiring Jeff mm-hmm. Saturday. Uh, there's always, seems like there's always Packers stuff. Cardinals and Rams are a little interesting to us this week. The Bucks are too. The GM Notebook is here, of course. Randy's got a few things there. We'll get to our picks, but... Without further delay, um, the new coach of the Colts has not has not been coaching even since Saturday. How about that? <laughs> Jeff Saturday has not been a coach since Saturday, and he is the coach of the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved what our Bob Kravitz wrote here. I sketched this in, um, looking at that press conference. <laughs> On the left, you it had made general, me laugh. It made me yeah, laugh. Yeah. This is great visual. <laughs> On the left, you had the general manager for now. Chris Ballard, his arms crossed, wearing a stern visage, looking like he'd rather be anywhere but there, next to his rambling team owner as he tried to make the case for why any of this makes sense. Mm. In the middle, you had the owner (laughs) referencing sausage making, nuclear science, rockets to Mars, the CIA, comparing Ballard to Michael Jordan, (laughs) and Jeff Saturday to Don Shula, Tony Dungy, and Bruce Arians. And on the right, there was poor Jeff Saturday, who must have been thinking, what in the hell have I gotten myself into? And I know, Randy, it's part of the job. You've sat up there for some awkward press oh, conferences, yeah. I'm sure, too, but oh. maybe nothing like this. I've never seen anything like this. And I liked Jim Mersey too. And it still made me laugh like crazy. And I wasn't really yeah. laughing with him. I was kind of laughing no. at the whole at the whole atmosphere that they yeah. approached, you know. And, and then it was awkward, not only that part of it, but then Jeff kind of laughs. They all laugh like it's a... 
It's a, yeah. a great deal. You know, like, well, how could anybody ever question this? Um, I, I've thought through this a little bit, Mike, and I don't even know where to start. And I like Jeff as well. I'll say this. I've known Jeff Saturday a long time. I was probably one of the few guys that was at his pro day at North Carolina his senior year when he came out. And oh. all I remember was walking around there. They had it on a Saturday morning, I believe, walking around all the drills. And an old-time scout uh, for the Cardinals, a guy named Jerry Hardaway, who is just a slightly yeah. bit less grumpy than Fred Sanford, but kind of the same <laughs> look, you know. You and kids out he, there, Google Fred Sanford, man. Oh, yeah. He, he, and Jerry was awesome. And he walked around that, and he, Jerry was kind of in charge of the pro day. So he's calling out the times, and he kept saying, weekend, 5.48, you know, weekend, <laughs> uh, three shuttle, uh, 4.20, you know. And I'm thinking, who the hell is weekend? What's he talking about? <laughs> he, it took me about 10 minutes to figure out he's calling Saturday weekend because <laughs> it was the weekend and that was his name. So he was calling Jeff Saturday weekend during his pro day the whole time. And maybe maybe my Idaho education came in, but I couldn't figure it out for a while. And then I laughed like hell when I figured out what he was talking about. So I go way back with Jeff. And I'll be honest, I watch Jeff every day. I, I think he is great on TV. I think his takes are usually right on. He understands the game, and I get it. Yeah, yeah. So I have no problem with him, or 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 him, you know. I guess figuring he's qualified for this job. Where I struggled with the whole thing was seeing it from the coach's angle. Yeah. I would not want to be a coach down that hallway that the owner walked by and hired a guy off the street who had no experience and brought him in over the top of all these guys who have done this their whole lives. Yep. And I felt like it was an opportunity for Jim Ursay to do something different. This wasn't, you know, what I would have done by any stretch of the imagination. And it was almost, I thought, a disrespectful move for the rest of not only the coaches there, but coaches around the league. And you mentioned I've been with coaches the last few days, and I've had a chance to talk to a few more on the phone. To a T, everyone kind of has the same response. So that may not even be fair to Jeff putting him in a position like this, but there's there's a, a a narrative out there that this is kind of disrespectful to the league, disrespectful to the yeah. job, disrespectful to the shield and everything. And I understand he's a former player and, and we give those guys a lot of opportunities, but I think there was a lot of ways that Jim Mercer could have gone with this, not even to get into the minority part of it, which I think is a whole nother topic that I wished he would have done. Um, but it's 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 opened uh, some sores for a lot of people in some conversations that I've had around the league for sure. And one of the biggest frustrations that coaches have with other people in the building, frankly, sometimes it's some some uh, uh, especially with an owner, is they know the owner doesn't really know what it takes. They don't really right. the owner doesn't really know football. I don't care if Jim Irsay has been around football for fifty years. Right. He doesn't really know the way the coaches know, and so that aspect of it is always frustrating because you're you're trying yep. to, to explain to them. And at a certain point, it does look, it only matters if you play good on Sunday at a certain point. And if you win or lose, that's all going to come in right. over time. But this just sh seemed to show, with no disrespect to Jeff Saturday. No, um, I get it. Yeah. A fundamental misunderstanding of or disrespect for or disregard for um, what all goes into this job. It's hard to... How could anybody, I don't care if Jeff right. Satter is brilliant, I'm sure he is, to just walk in in the middle of the week and say, well, let's go play the Raiders. Yeah, let's go. I just think it was a disrespect for the amount of knowledge that 
you build over time to get that seat. And not that Jeff wouldn't get it, but I got news for you. The NFL is not the place to go with on-the-job training. Trust me. I've seen GMs struggle with this. Guys that have been two or three seats removed from being a GM, made the GM, they struggle. It's, I'm telling you, it is, you know the old adage, Mike, when the guy with money meets the guy with experience, the guy with experience usually ends up with all the money. And that's the way <laughs> these things go. So experience is expensive. And and that's, you know, I, I don't, I'm not saying he can't. Let me ask you this. Would you feel different if it was, say, Peyton Manning as opposed to Jeff Saturday? And and would we would we have a different spin on it? Just curious. You, you'd it would still be criticized. Mm-hmm. I think it would be. Yeah, it would still be criticized. It'd be maybe criticized less. I don't know. I feel like because with, he was a quarterback. Or here's what I feel Peyton about Manning with Peyton or? Manning. Here's what I yeah. feel about with Peyton Manning. Just from my knowledge of people that have played with them and been on those staffs, unlike anybody else that I can think of, includes Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. He kind of coached the team and ran practice. Now, I don't know if you think maybe I'm overstating that, but no, I agree with you. They did things on his schedule, his way, with his attention to the details. Yeah. And so he might be the only one. And that's been done before. Norm Van Brocklin, Hall of Fame quarterback. 1961. Yeah. 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 He went straight from playing to coaching the Vikings. Okay. And uh, so it had, that has been done. Uh, And so. I think if it had been Peyton Manning, I would have been a little bit more intrigued from the, wow, you know, because Peyton Manning will actually call the plays. Do you think Peyton Manning could go in and call the plays? If they were running his offense. Or do you think that I'm overestimating what Peyton Manning could do? I don't think anyone can really walk in from outside the building uh, in the middle of week 10. I think that's a hard thing for anybody. That would be, shoot, that'd be challenging enough for John Fox, who's right down the yeah. hallway and knows everything right. they've been doing all week. Yeah, I mean, how about, how about that? That's a whole other angle. John Fox I'll, I'll and Gus Bradley, here. how would you like to be those guys? Right. Yeah, the Manning thing, Peyton is interesting. I mean... I, I've thought this, and I can share this, yeah. I think. It yeah. doesn't really matter at this point. I've thought in all my time in the NFL, I would have never recommended a player to go take over a team without any experience. He's the one guy that I, I've thought about for years might be the guy to do it, Peyton. I, now, this has nothing to do yeah. with Jeff or that situation. Yeah, I'm, for yeah, for a lot again, of the things you just said, I don't think he has any desire to coach, so I'm not even there, but maybe that's yeah. the next move for Jeff Saturday to help Ursay hire Peyton you know, he, at some point. Yeah, I think I whatever know. Peyton's doing, he has to run the whole thing. You yeah. know, and I think that would be a two-edged sword with a lot of maybe bad in it too you know it's hard yes. to do the larry bird um, syndrome of he had, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't the coach because he ran the whole thing too and it just didn't come across right you know yeah and how can you do it to peyton's standards i mean there's yeah. there's one peyton manning ever you know yeah uh, that's right but but so the interesting thing about that is the fact that i even gave it potential credence yeah. of oh that might be interesting yeah. like who would be who who would be closer intellectually to Peyton than Jeff Saturday. He's probably the cl- next closest thing. <laughs> I'm just saying. Peyton Manning yeah. that he ran the whole, the, the, a lot of stuff goes through the center, right? Not every no center. Doubt. He's but, the communicator. He is but, the, uh, besides the quarterback, he's the communicator. So let Didn't me ask these you two this. get in a scrap one time over calling a front and, and it was on great national TV line. and they were yelling at each other? It was great. Now, I watched that again today. You should check it out. Oh, YouTube. you did? Jeff Saturday rant. It was awesome. But <laughs> yeah. see, here's the deal. 
Peyton knew he was mic'd up that day. Oh, so yeah. later oh. they had him on the sidelines <laughs> saying, yeah, we were mic'd up. Now, uh, Jeff Saturday, I watched, Jeff Saturday was on the Pat McAfee show like a year ago, and I watched that. That was hilarious. So a year ago, Jeff Saturday doesn't know he's going to be the coach of the coach. They asked him about that, and he goes, yeah, of course they made the quarterback look good. What they didn't know was <laughs> that on the next series, after we ran the ball and scored like I said we should, Peyton gave me a hug and said, yeah, you know, you were kind of right, which he could have been embellishing. He's probably just making that up to, make, to get <laughs> to get it at that but that is an interesting component uh, yeah. uh, of this is that um see i here's what i thought was happening was i think the by far the the biggest surprise to the colts and the biggest disappointment of the colts for them this year right or wrong what maybe they misevaluated their own but is the offensive line okay they have three guys in that line making 12 to 20 million a year mm-hmm. and even though they didn't rectify the left tackle position They've got a guard, a center, a right tackle making money. And I think that was the one thing that they were pinning everything else on was, hey, Matt Ryan may be declining. He may not have a fastball anymore. But if he can step up in the pocket and deliver, he can still do that. Right. And so, and I believe that he could. if Because I went to their training camp and when they weren't hitting him, it looked a lot better. Uh, but but you know what I mean. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. yeah unfortunately, though, they've they've had a bad offensive line. Not just yeah. it's been no, really really bad. So my thought was that Ursay, knowing just enough to be dangerous, probably always wanted to have Jeff Saturday coach the line, or you know he's he's yeah. an extension of Howard Mudd, who I know and you know ten times better than I know, yeah. um, or knew. Rest in peace, Howard Mudd. But but that he probably wanted Saturday to coach the offensive line. He probably feels like the line needs to be coached better. I think that so, was mentioned at some point yeah. in that press conference yeah. or around it that they had hired to, tried to hire Jeff a couple times. Yeah. So, But Jeff Saturday's not going to come off of the set of TV to coach the offensive line. Yeah. But for eight games, maybe, does he think that he can fix the offensive line now? And can he, Randy? Could Jeff Saturday come in and help the offensive line, or is that a pipe dream? I think he can help the communication of it because he will understand that. Here's the one positive that I came up with. So I, I agree with you on that. The other positive I came up with for them making this move was it. nobody else on the coaching staff or in the building has to adjust at all. Except, obviously, the offensive play caller, who they've hired, who I've never heard of. But the rest of the guys, Gus Bradley, everybody's doing their same job. They're not adjusting at all now that Frank Reich is gone. So nobody comes out and and takes on a different role or a different job at all. So it's status quo. So they don't have to, you know, normally if they put it, they put an interim guy up and they move up. Yeah. Yeah. And the caller on offense is Frank's right-hand man, by the way. We People haven't heard of him, Parks Frazier, but he is a, uh, Parks Frazier was uh, a player uh, up until about 10 years ago. And then he went to, I believe Samford as a coach and got to be buddies, got one of his old high school or college teammates to coach with him. Then he left. And then that, uh, I believe that team recruited Doug Peterson's son as a quarterback, Drew Peterson. And so Drew, that, that other assistant who was good buddies with Parks Frazier ended up going winning a Super Bowl with, uh, with the Eagles and Doug Peterson. And then when Frank Reich left and go to Indy, he asked this guy, hey, who should who should I get? And he said, Parks Frazier. That's my guy. So Parks Frazier, from day one, I believe, in Indy, has been right-hand man, started out as kind of the assistant to the coach, but was doing the game plans and, and the 
putting together the wristbands for Peyton. And then he was on the headset with Nick Sirianni and those guys. And he was, uh, uh, you know, calling out the coverages and that type of stuff. And he's been like the number one guy that Frank Reich has gone to. So he's not an experienced caller. He's a former college quarterback, but he's he's as close as probably almost anyone there to Frank Reich, to your point of we're Friends not having family. a bunch of yeah. other guys move yeah. around. Right. No, I agree with you. I think everybody is in place. And so I guess that was the only positive I came up with in that if Jeff takes over Frank's chair, nothing else changes. Nobody else's chair changes. Nobody else's responsibility changes. So if, if, if you want to keep the status quo, this might be a – a closer move to that than anything else they could have done. I can't wait to see him play. I mean, this is just so <laughs> weird that I just uh, see. I'm I the other like, way. I don't really okay. care. I think that's who cares. Really? You know, I wish you I. Don't I, think I it wish could be I disaster? could. Pardon me. What if it's a disaster? What if they beat well, the Raiders? I mean, isn't I'm not, kind I don't of... want to watch a, a train wreck. I mean, they're bad. They already fired the coordinator two weeks ago, who incidentally doesn't call the plays. So I'm right. not sure what their plan is. To be honest with you. But what if what if they beat the Raiders? What does that say? Because we're going to talk be about one of, this whole They'll be week. one of seven. They'll be one of seven this year I know. that beat the Raiders. But, so. <laughs> but all week we're going to hear, oh, this is a disrespect to the profession, and I get it. What if they win the game? I don't think it matters. I'm not a week-to-week okay. guy, so I understand okay. there are yeah, people yeah, that yeah. are. Yeah, I am yeah. not a week-to-week guy and going to react to week-to-week. Let's get back to yeah. me uh, after Thanksgiving sometime. We'll see how it's going. One of the things I uh, – after this happened, you know, the apple doesn't far from the tree, fall far from the tree. I tweeted this out. I looked it up. Because people were saying this is uh, this has got to be the wildest coaching thing ever. There's never been anything like this. <laughs> I said, you know what? I bet you ain't the wildest one in the history of the Colts. Because <laughs> yeah. Jim Ursay had a dad by the name of Bob Ursay, who you think Tiger Jim Ursay is yeah, Tiger Bob. off the uh, <laughs> charts here. This guy was even more off the charts. And there was a story back in 1974. Okay, Howard Schnellenberger was coaching the Colts and. The owner of the team, Jim Irsay's dad, during a game, went down to the sideline and tried to tell Howard Schnellenberger to change quarterbacks. <laughs> Howard, you might imagine, no, Howard Schnellenberger God. told him where to go. So it. I wonder if he took his cigarette or cigar or whatever yeah, out when yeah. he told him that or just, just carried yeah. on with it in his mouth. Told outside. him where to go. I'm sure it was very <laughs> choice language. Told yeah. him to F off, basically, right? So, okay, yeah. the owner goes back to the box, but he gets the last word. So <laughs> the owner, the game ends. The owner goes down to the locker room and announces to the team that Howard Schnellenberger's fired. He fires them. <laughs> fires Schnellenberger. They get into it in an office there. Oh, yeah. And not only that, he names Joe Thomas, who's the GM. He names him the head coach. Did Joe know? Uh, Joe, I think, had been trying to reach him before this happened to talk him out of it. Because Joe had never coached college <laughs> or pro. I mean. He'd been a high school coach 25 years earlier, okay? Yeah. okay. So Joe Thomas, the GM was named the Colts head coach and had a two and seven record, I think, the rest of the way. So something like that. So there's always something weirder almost that oh, has yeah. always happened in this league, isn't it, Randy? You, you're around oh, yeah. long enough, you, you think you've seen it all and or you think something's never happened yeah. before. It, there's probably something even crazier. Oh, no, no doubt. It's it's a wild and, and wooly business and there's always something that I just, you can't make it up. I, can't, I yeah. couldn't have made this up in a million years either. So let's try to look forward now just a little bit on them. Uh, what do you think the future means for, you know, Saturday, you think it's just an eight-gamer and get us through? Um, what do you think for Ballard, Chris Ballard, the GM future? Um, is it 
you, you know, obviously I would think this was a Jim Irsay move to hire Saturday. I wouldn't think that would have been Chris Ballard's first choice. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but right. ha- has Ballard already sort of been bypassed and, and uh, you know, cut off a little bit here? Or is it a wait and see till the end of the year? What do you think? I think they're trying to, and again, I don't know, but I think they're trying to float the boat for these eight or nine weeks and, and then they can recalculate. You know, it's uh, mayhem is, has got the wheel and taken over, not not just Saturday, but just mayhem in general. And uh, we're going to run this thing its course for eight or nine weeks and then reset the button. Um, with regard to Chris, I don't know. I, I, I've known Chris a long time. I like him. They've got off kilter on their evaluations. There's no doubt about that. So some way, somehow, Chris has got to prove that he can evaluate and that he can team build. Um because that part of it, doing it on paper is one thing, but it's got to be in conjunction with what the coach wants and the schemes he's going to run. Frank is, for everything Frank is, he's also a loyal to a fault friends and family guy. You told the story of the assistant coach that came with him through some loyalty program. Frank is always like that, and he's been that way with his quarterbacks. But guess what? Those are the moves that you lose credibility with. You know, when you swing and miss at quarterbacks three, four times. And you're stuck with, you know, what they have now. I mean, that that doesn't build credibility. What part in that did Chris play? I don't know. Maybe Chris wanted no part of it. I, I don't know. I don't think we know because we're not inside the building. Uh, but I do know this. When you have chaos hit you like this, and I've been a part of it, um, you've got to recalculate and, and recheck your own uh, yeah. ego. And you got to recheck your own structure of your people around you. And you got to get it right somehow, some way. If if Ursay allows that. Yep. I did think Reich was likely to get fired after that game, but yeah, aren't, you, there, we aren't talked there fireable about games? I mean, when you see a game, you yeah. go, sometimes you go, how can Frank Reich come back and coach him the next week? I felt that. Right. Well, and when they fired a coordinator two weeks ago, yeah. why would you allow that if you even thought about firing Frank? You wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't, you know? So yeah. I thought Frank would be good set for the rest of the year, but maybe like you say, it's maybe he had no choice because it was that bad. And, it was and about, he, yeah. He, yeah, he must've saw it the same way. Well, and I, I think he had a choice, but I just think of an Ursay type. You know, there's just yeah. that type of guy is going to just, that's it, you know, yeah. and that's the way it was. So that doesn't um, take take away from the comedic value of that press conference, though, because I, I laid there and watched it a couple times. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it was, it's good theater. People should check it out. It's, it's funny. It's and Bob Kravitz, he hit it on the head. <laughs> I was thinking of, I was actually thinking of, you know, I would say of the three people up there, you know, Ballard and Saturday would be the most sort of logic driven, you know, regular yeah, process type of oriented, process yeah. oriented, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, take some pride in how they do things, yeah. you know, in their professional and personal right. lives. Right. Attention to certain details. And they're sitting there with her. I was just thinking, what are the, I would love to have the thought bubble of what those guys were thinking <laughs> while Ursay was talking. Yeah. And that's just the nature of this. If we still Business. had newspapers, we'd have a cartoonist at work on that. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Well, hey, we got more cartoons going on around the league. Let's let's talk about the Packers a little bit. We've done that a lot this year, but yeah, for them, five losses in a row. Um, you know, shoot, last year if they lost two or three in a row, for most of the last fifteen years, they lose two or three in a row. That would be a panic situation. But they've yeah. lost five in a row. Um, Certainly, the Aaron Rodgers stuff. He, we think, we would all agree, did not have a good game against Detroit, and there's there's a lot of stuff, uh, obviously, that contributes to that. Um, but it feels like it's getting a little bit worse. Detroit, obviously, a bad defense. They've got 
a fifty-eight. Not, million not bad, Mike. The worst, the absolute worst, statistically, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so Rogers for next year has a fifty-eight million dollar fully guaranteed mm. option bonus. Um, mm. The team has to decide also next this coming off season in May whether to buy a fifth year in two thousand twenty-four of Jordan Love, who hasn't really played. That would cost nineteen million. Um, if if they pulled the nurse there, Randy, and said uh, all you know, everyone's out of there. Randy Mueller, come in. You've got to plan our next uh, uh, the next two years of this team. What are you thinking right now, given where they're at and kind of a little bit locked into Rodgers, who kind of is the problem, but isn't the problem, right? He's probably still their best player, but it doesn't look real good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's, um, if that were the case, and, and I'd never thought about it till you just mentioned that, it probably would be good if they did <laughs> had a fresh set of eyes on everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? On everybody. Yeah to see if we can change some things and do things differently because they are the one franchise that's stuck in their ways and always have been. We talked yeah. about them not making a deal last last week. We've talked about the way they've gone after, not gone into free agency. You know, Ted Thompson did it for years, um, which kind of surprised me because Ron Wolf wasn't afraid. I mean, he signed uh, players and had players to come oh, yeah. and got, got it turned around a little bit, but they went back away from that. Um, I would say this, if in charge, everything would be on the table. You've got okay. to put everything, including the quarterback, on the table. Because right now there's no accountability. You can tell that. He can talk the talk, but you got to walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk like he's been putting out for the yep. last couple of years. So he can say he got the best grade from uh, the coach. Uh, what's the Tom. quarterback coach's name? Tom. What? Tom. Got, got Everyone's the first-name basis. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. He got the best grade from Tom. Well, I got news for you. He didn't get the best grade from Tom last week. I can tell you that. So he, he, we all need to wake up. A couple of those it, throws were yeah, not Rogers. We need to wake up and, and smell the coffee a little bit here and, and, and wake up to what we're, we're really facing day after day. I sat down, Mike, to watch this tape a couple of days ago. Uh, actually, it was Tuesday morning, so I've lost track of the days. But three plays into it, I shut it down. Really? On play two, Alan Lazard runs a little crossing route and he doesn't make the catch and he gets up and starts to yell at somebody else. Lazard did? Yes. He he starts to react and go kind of, and, and, in the, and then the film cuts off, but he was clearly at, frustrated at something. Play two yeah. of the game. Yeah. yeah. The third play, Rogers throws a little uh, curl pattern where one of the Lions defenders reaches in and knocks it down and actually makes a really good play on it. He gets mad and slams his fist down. That's the third play of the game. Wow. So we are already frustrated and sending negative body language. If if I'm the Lions, they go off to the bench and they say, hey, this isn't what we normally see against the Packers. Now they're already frustrated. Three plays in. Three plays in. So the negativity had already started. I don't know who it's toward. I don't know where it's going. But it's negativity is exhausting. It drains your whole team of everything you have. They started it on play two and three with screw ups by somebody to frustrate a couple well, of their playmakers. So I, I fault Aaron Rodgers a hundred percent, and I've been a big supporter of Rodgers because I think he's great, and I think that he's uh, been a victim here too with their terrible receiving core. I'm not excusing that, but I think yeah. in light of all of that, he could do a much better job of how he carries himself, how he leads, how he projects. And he's always had a little. He's always had this part in him, but he's played so well and they've been so good that I don't think it's mattered, <laughs> really, yeah. frankly. Yeah. Uh, but this has gotten to a point now where 
he need, he's contributing to the uh, negativity and needs to be leading oh, these no young doubt. guys uh, with yeah. the body language. And because that, because if he's doing it, then they're doing it. And I think, you know, ideally you would have, you'd have a stronger head coach who could take charge of That's a hard situation for somebody like Matt LaFleur. It's not his fault that he didn't have a bunch of experience or skins on the wall when he got the job. Right. I mean, he's, yeah, he's in fault. Aaron's yeah. shadow. Right. And it has been, yeah, he, so, he doesn't it, carry the, yeah, so, uh, the swag that Aaron does. Yes. Yeah. So I think that that is um, a completely fair criticism of Rogers now, and he needs to pull them out of that. Um, yeah, I agree. I, you only watched it the first three plays and saw it. I watched the whole thing, and it was it got worse and worse yeah. um, throughout the game and pouty, you know. So I just don't um, know how you could think that that would be an effective form of leadership. We all get frustrated. Hey, I was in charge of a Dolphin team that lost, I think, 11 straight one year to start the season. I've yeah. been there. I know what losing does. We've all been part of other losing streaks. It happens. Yep. But stop being a baby. Let's grow up. Come on. Be a professional. And I, I remember one time we were getting waxed in a game by somebody that season. And, and the coach, I happened to be in the locker room at halftime. Well, somebody had gotten hurt. And he said, what do you think I should tell him? I said, just tell him to be pros. We're all getting paid to do a job. Stop with the drama and all the you know, bratty brat stuff, and let's just play and be pros. I don't think there's enough of that in this day and age because everybody's afraid of everybody, especially these guys that make all the money. I think they got to stop with it. It's not that leadership doesn't work. It's not going to get them over the hump, being frustrated and letting the other team see you sweat and be affected by everything you do. Come on, let's we're we're we're, we're adults. Let's go. You know that I'd that would bother me as a GM. I'd love to see yeah. Octieri or somebody like that just say that. You know, someone who has the standing somebody <laughs> there to just say, what are we doing? We're pouting around like a bunch yeah. of babies. Play That's the it. game. Bunch of Play the game. Come on. It was just too high. We all get our it asses like kicked. It. Let's go. We're getting paid to do a job, though. Yeah, play better. Let's do something about it. That's right. It's not anybody's yeah. fault. It's our fault. And maybe they have that conversation. Yeah. Maybe somebody has said that, but it's sure not reflective on Sundays because there's still all this negativity uh, that they yeah. put out as, as certain players. Okay. So let's now go to 10,000 feet. Uh, would you be inclined one way or another? I, I think what I would do, my, my thinking would be, look, we're sort of locked into Rodgers for another year, and I think he can still do it, but we've got we've to have a little bit of a come-to meeting, and then we really need to upgrade it, get him some receivers, and I would try to make a run next year. Would you say that we're too far down the road and it's, you would want to be more inclined to start the rebuild now? Well, I don't think you have to rebuild to get better. So I, I don't think anybody's tearing anything down if, like you say, they're tied to him probably for another year. I'm not saying I want to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, but I think they should have been all in this year. I think the misevaluation of what they had going this year, especially on offense, is, is multi-faulted, you know, multifaceted yeah, faults yeah. all the way across the board yeah. from the team building to the evaluating to the yeah. execution and scheming on offense. It all takes a blame. But yes, I'm all in. You got to go all in. At some point, you have to mortgage to keep up with the Joneses. You don't have to do what Dallas or what New Orleans has done where stretch their cap for 10 years, they'll never be the same. You don't have to do that. But it sure wouldn't hurt that if we're offering a second round pick for Claypool and another team is too, so what if we give them a fourth on top yeah. of it? Do whatever you got to do to get the guy if that's the guy you want. So yeah, maybe we well, maybe we feel like they don't have the ability to do what they need to do to take the steps they have to take regardless. 
that the ability, be the, the mindset, the, the guts, the, the what? The direction? I don't yeah. know. What is it? Yeah. What, what do they need? Yeah. They don't have an owner, yeah. so they don't really have to answer to too many people. So the money's not an issue. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, whatever and they're doing, I the think middle... they've got to make an exception and, and yet to do like you said. We've got the two-time MVP, and and some of it's his fault, We like we've said, but why not try to make a run with this guy? If not, we're going to decide to pay Jordan Love twenty million and Aaron Rodgers fifty-eight million. So that ain't I'm no math major, but we're almost at eighty both. million now. And <laughs> yeah, one, one of the things I wondered is, you know, you obviously Aaron Rodgers is, has played at a much higher level in the last couple of years than Russell Wilson. But when you look at a team like Seattle that got rid of, you know, what's been perceived to be a little bit of a diva-ish issue, mm-hmm. and now the teams just rallied and come together, right? You wonder if a if a team like the Packers would would see that they've always sort of been inclined to, uh, I don't know, maybe they haven't always been inclined, but you know, would you look and see at the effect of a, on a team like that and, and consider it? Or is it a fantasy land situation because Jordan loves just not going to be very good. I don't know, but if I'm a certain Bay area team, my ears have perked up the last week or two just to kind of see what's yeah. going on. You know what I'm saying? Just to kind of see yeah. what's going on. I don't really care about three years from now what what uh, Trey Lance is. I, I really don't. If I had a chance, I, I might be able to find a way to make a deal if, if they're willing to deal. Now, I don't know if it makes any sense financially. you got to go through that. You don't want to handicap your team hard, to death. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I see yeah, that yeah. the Colts did it. The Eagles did it. The Rams did it. They got rid of guys that they just gave $100 million to. Now, this is more money than that, but... I just think all things, like I said when we started it, all things have to be on the table. You got to discuss them all. We can go three and six with Jordan Love, I can promise you. And I'm not saying yeah. he's the guy, yeah. but I'm just saying that what we're doing now is not working. So we got to we got to yeah. tr- put everything on the table. That's a good, great point. What's there, is the record going to be worse? So there's got to <laughs> yeah, be something. I mean, come on. In the middle of all this, by the way, too, Randy, Mike McCarthy returns to Green Bay. I mean, the timing of some of these things are amazing. I think <laughs> I know. The, you can't make the Colts ha- are. The Colts are going through all of this, and then Josh McDaniels come in. Well, that—that's—that's that's who they tried to hire. You know that—that's yeah. a—that would be an interesting week, interesting <laughs> elevator ride as it is at the stadium. When I thought uh, for a Ballard while on Twitter McDaniel today that they there. might be able to hire Josh McDaniel if they wanted to. I don't know. Did you catch that? <laughs> yeah, the fake, the fake Adam Schefter Twitter that came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah and yeah. said. Uh, <laughs> I thought maybe with Josh new, McDaniel could have gone back to with the a new. Yeah, with the new Twitter uh, verification thing, it had a blue check mark on there too. It's uh, but it said Adam Schefter not. So <laughs> I know so I saw some people in media actually retweeted that. So yeah, <laughs> uh, but in the middle of all this, Mike McCarthy returns to Green Bay, and and for the longest time, the last couple of years, we thought, man, that poor guy's had to watch. Uh, you know, the Green Bay prosper while Dallas flounders. Well, now it's the other way around. It's pretty pretty good time to come back for him. What do you think yeah. about that? <laughs> well, I think. What do they say? Life is timing, right? It's all about timing. So he he hit this one. Mike's had his share of adversity his first year or so, year and a half in Dallas. So I'm glad to see that he can walk in with his head held high. He did win a Super Bowl for the Packer people. So I would hope they would treat him good, regardless of how their beloved Packers are doing. So um, I think it's kind of cool. I, I have known Mike, and we've talked about it for years. I root for Mike. I'm for him. Um, I'm I'm for anybody getting ahead if they can do it and he's earned a chance to to do what he's done with the cowboys and and hopefully they can keep it going but you're right it is kind of a twist of fates with him going back to green bay now and does he drive to the stadium on mike mccarthy way 
I would. Or, I'd have the would? team come you just in. Go through I'd around, have, go back and forth. Go, I'd have the you team can. come in on it for sure. Oh, the yeah. team has to come in there on McCarthy Way, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. in and, and anybody wants to take pictures, you can we'll slow down here at the stop sign to see the stop yeah. sign, see the street signs, but just remind them that yeah, I got a street named after me. So is this an easy win for Dallas or no? I don't think I don't think there are easy wins. I really don't. And and I don't think yeah. this one is going to be easy. I think we're going to find out what Matt LaFleur is made of because he has not faced any adversity. 13 and 3 is fun and games. But yep. where they say it's all fun and games till so you got to wear an eye patch. Well, yeah. you got a freaking eye patch on now. <laughs> They've lost 5 in a row, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> here 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 it is. It's it's time to find out what kind of coach you are, what kind of leader you are, and what kind of motivating factor you can be to make a difference on Monday through Saturday. And that's what's going to determine if you have a chance on Sunday, not just showing up on Sunday. So we'll see. Um, I don't think it's an easy game. I think, I think Green Bay is backed up against the wall now to where they are the most desperate team in the league. And here's the crazy thing about it. If Green Bay finds a way to win a game or two, they're right back in it. I think Minnesota is a little bit on they got the stars that have aligned, right? I think I saw where this, totally. this week they're going to play their third backup quarterback of the season so far. So the, the stars are going to bring them back, I think, at some point. So if the Packers can just win two or three games, and the, the old adage is 500 at Thanksgiving, guess what they'll be? Pretty close to yep. 500 at Thanksgiving. So I think yep. the Packers can save the thing. They just have so many issues that I don't know if they can solve enough of them to beat the Dallas Cowboys. So. Yep. But Dallas so, has been known, as you know, to not handle prosperity well. And they are yep. prospering now. People are all on the bandwagon. The owner's talking about, you know, uh, OBJ and OBJ. the deals he should have made that he was hoping to make. And so there's a there's a constant beating of the chest, it seems like, out of Dallas. So yep. we'll see. Yep. You're right, though, about Minnesota. So uh, Minnesota, I believe, is 6-0 and in one-score games. You know, So they've just yeah. you're not going to do that all the time. So no. you know, you'd think some of that evens out, but they do have a nice lead, obviously, um, uh, where they're at. It's a good spot to be in. We talked about Rodgers and some of his behaviors. Tom Brady's had his share this year. I thought it was interesting. I think it might have been on yeah. his podcast. He called the Bucks effort the most yeah. embarrassing aspect of the team this season. We picked up a little bit on this earlier in the year uh, when he criticized the team. And I think we talked about it. It was like, geez, he was almost talking like a coach. Yeah. And we and we went back and forth on that. Um, is there a method to this? Uh, what do you what do you think of it? Do you agree? Have you yeah. watched Tampa? Uh, what is, his comment was correcting our mistakes, improving our effort, which that's probably the most embarrassing part of our team is our effort level on game day. That's something we had better fix. Hmm. That's like questioning your heart. That's like questioning your character. That's something that runs deep. And in a way, it's almost more scathing than what Aaron Rodgers has said about not making plays and some of his receivers. This is questioning the crux of why we show up for work every day. And so, yeah, I think it was definitely calculated. Tom Brady's not going to say this unless he had, a, had thought it through and had a reason to do it. And I think he is putting people on notice. Maybe again... Like we said about Rodgers a few weeks ago, maybe he feels like it's not getting questioned enough by his own coaches and leaders in that locker room. Yeah, These quarterbacks yeah. aren't stupid now. They understand where the team is and, and what kind of needs to be said. And if they feel like it's not being said, they just might say something that they think is, is sufficing as if 
uh, hey, you're not getting this in in our own building. I'm going to come out and say it. I don't know. I think yeah. I think some of Rogers to me felt a little more self-serving. Like, hey, I yeah, have the no best doubt. grades, no doubt. you know. And I yes. feel like Tom Brady's is more like he could care less. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tom Brady's is is interesting to me, and I'm interested in their matchup this week because you know, look, yeah. they've won a championship. They're a veteran team, and yeah. um, I could see them being like, oh, shoot, we got to go over to freaking Germany. I mean, yeah. this is all we need. What a disruption. Yeah. Uh, you know, all that. And here comes Seattle. <laughs> Little Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is like, yeah. <laughs> Pete Carroll's like, unbelievable. We yeah. get to play Tom Brady in Germany. This is a championship opportunity. And, you know, yeah. some of those, if it was still Richard Sherman there, so those veterans might be, you know, oh, geez, yeah. we've heard They'd be rolling before. their eyes. Yeah. But, but they're that's not, not yeah. they're not. This yeah. is, this is USC yeah. 2.0. Yep. This is a team with energy. I think they're excited to go in there. Is this that makes this matchup interesting to me? It yeah, just I makes totally it interesting agree. to me. Like who has the energy? It's going to be one of those off hours ones. We're going to be tuning yep. in at you know six thirty in the morning here on the West Coast, seven a.m. something like that. So um, if it's about energy and vibe, like you say, I, I have a hard time not betting on Pete Carroll yeah. winning that battle because that is his deal, and he's done a really good job. Plus, they're playing with. I mean, obviously, great momentum now. I'm not so sure yeah. that Gino isn't playing as good as anybody in the league right now. If they can continue that, I, I think Tampa's got their hands full. I think it's only like a two or three point game. Tampa's right? favored. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to that in the picks. Yeah, but I just I got you. just the Tampa vibe to me in watching yeah. their game against the Rams. It was a freaking struggle. Yep. I mean, and Both they were teams. able to get it. Yeah, yeah they yeah. were able to get it in the end. And we'll talk about the Rams a little bit. But yep. it wasn't like. You watched that game and said, okay, Tampa, look out. You know, you kind of went, oh, someone had to win that game. And the Rams kind of lost it. So, <laughs> no, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll be an so, interesting matchup. I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah I think that's a fun one. Um, okay, so the Rams this week are actually playing Arizona. The Cardinals start in season hard knocks while free falling. Absolutely love it. I, I'm gonna, I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. Like I said, I'm not a negative person. <laughs> okay, I'm going to watch this. Trust me. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. I want to see yeah. Kyler. I want to see what he's – you you saw the meltdown last week with him and oh, the, yeah. the, the receiver, and then the coach kind of comes in. And I just yeah. want to see where this is going. That's all. <laughs> I watched the trailer today. Uh, now, this is – you know, you uh, – yeah, we were. I was saying I, I can't wait to watch the Colts, and you were like, "Come on, why?" Yeah. This is different for uh, the Cardinals because it's all that behind-the-scenes stuff, you know. Yeah. And I don't think this was really what they were doing, but um, no. Remember when they signed Kyler Murray, you, you know, and that clause came came out yeah. the, where we we video games know, hey, he's got to do his study. homework, no video yeah. games, you know. And then it was removed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, then we found out, or at least it seemed like it was around. Then they were going to be on in-season hard knocks, and part of me thought, you know. I think they just want to put the spotlight on Kyler here and keep the pressure on him if they're going to pay him all this money. And now that you can have in-season hard knocks to do it. But <laughs> given where they're at right now, um, yes, and the fact that their second half of the seasons yeah. have been so fruitful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Now the difference this year is they're they're adding DeAndre Hopkins, but still they lost by ten points at home to Seattle, and yeah. Seattle gave them a pick six. So right. it wasn't even it wasn't really, even close. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't close. even close. Yeah, this was a 20-point win, it felt like, yep. uh, loss. So um, a couple questions for you. One, we can just talk about Arizona, where you think they're at. But I'm curious to you, like, when the league comes to a team and says, do you want to do in-season hard knocks, um, why would you want to do it? 
And who wants to do it? Well, for one thing, I think you've got to be really confident that you're going to be in a positive state of mind. And so when they asked him this probably last summer or whenever it was, or last spring, even it, usually this stuff starts about league meeting time, right? March or April as who's going to be on there. My guess is the Cardinals thought they were going to be really good. Hey, we're signing the quarterback to a long-term. We're signing the GM to a long-term. We're signing the coach to a long-term. So they they didn't think there was any risk at all. Now they got a mess on their hands. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's changed because when, when I was in it, you could say no. I don't know who can say no and who can't now because I think the long arm of Park Avenue leans on everybody to do what they want them to do. And, you know, I don't know. You know, know who was in, in season hard knocks last year was the Colts. Could you imagine if they were this year, if oh it was in gosh. season? And we no, had they're going to have the same thing on their hands. I got news for you. The Cardinals go three and six in this side of the <laughs> – I mean, that they're going to be six and – 11, you know, <laughs> that's not going to go well. How do you, how do you justify that if, if they're six and 11? Did you see today that, uh, I just saw, saw it come out today that, uh, the owner of the team watches film with the head coach and the D coordinator. What do you think of that? I, I, I think this, if it's done in a normal course of prep and business, uh, like they would normally be watching film. Great. But if the coach and the, DC have to take time away to go watch the tape with Michael Bidwell for two or three hours. I think that's crazy. Even myself as a GM, I, I would never ask a coaching staff to do that. And I understood what we were doing yeah. from week to week. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I felt like I'll go watch with them when they sit down as a staff to watch it. And maybe that's what Michael does. So I don't know the yeah, mechanics yeah. of it, but if, if you're, if you're as, as an administrator, whether you're the GM or the owner, if you are forcing them out of their realm just because you're a higher ranking officer, that to me is counterproductive to us winning games. So I'm jumping in with them and watching and getting what I get out of what they're already doing. So it's not taking yeah. anybody else's time. Sometimes as a coach, you know, you're a little bit worried about who is telling the owner what, right? And, and sometimes it could be, they could have a right-hand person who's the salary no cap administrator, or yep. it could be the GM, or it could be yep. uh, somebody else. So I think from a coaching standpoint, if it's not taking time out of your day, it could be kind of nice to have a direct line to the owner. Hey, look, we can explain what's going on for better or worse. Now, in the end, you got to win. That's true for yep. everybody. But I'd rather be the coach telling the owner um, why it happened than have someone else <laughs> saying it in their language and in the, with their uh you know, with their agenda, uh, it was, in the building, yeah, so. that makes total sense. And I agree with you. I, I was always one as a GM that didn't do as good as I probably could have managing up. Yeah. But yeah. nowadays these coaches make so much money that they're going to save their own livelihood any way they can. And that, and that might make sense to them. That's first and yeah. foremost, I would never take away from the team or the production, what we're doing day to day. So setting aside that time would bother me, but maybe it's most important if this is the case, then if this is the dynamics to Cliff, that he does go spend his two or three hours with the owner. I don't know. Yeah, yeah we're I was surmising talking, here. We don't really know. I was, yeah. yeah. I knew. I was talking to another coach once, and he said, uh, yeah, like the, the Mike Brown at the Bengals would do that, the staff. And even when yeah. Katie, Katie Blackburn, who runs the team now, his daughter, uh, when she was young, you know, she would be in there asking questions of the coaches. So uh, right. it's kind of, kind of, you know, these, these teams are set up differently. Some of them are more family operations, whatever. Yep. It's just 
from afar, it's a little unsettling sometimes, I think, when the, when the owner's too involved. But at the same time, I guess if the owner can really get a feel for what's going on better, you know, maybe that's... I li- yeah, I like the fact that they're involved. I don't have an issue with that. I just don't want to... I want to use our time. There's only so many hours in a day. I want to yeah. use it to be as process-oriented and productive as we can. Yep. And if you have to do this as a one-off each, each Monday, go spend three hours somewhere else... I, I, that would yeah. make me nervous being kind of old school and wanting to get going. And, but yeah. I understand the owner, it's his ball. I get it. Yeah. Or her ball. Yeah. 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 Okay. What's in the GM notebook this week? Well, we got a couple things. One, one we talked about already was the body language of the Packers, the demeanor, yeah. the leadership skills. I just think in this in any NFL season, you have three or four weeks like this. And remember how I always say we're all three weeks from a mutiny? <laughs> well, sometimes the mutiny takes four or five weeks, but it, it, you get tested when you're down. I think anybody can be a peacetime president. That's just, yeah. how can you not? But when it's wartime or when there's bad stuff going on, that's when you find out. I always like to, even in the toughest times and in the best times, be the same. I wanted that even keel yep. group of people around me, and at least for myself, I, I wasn't one to react up to a big win or down to a bad loss. I was kind of the same the whole time. Um, probably not surprisingly why Tom Landry was my favorite coach of all time, because you yeah. seldom ever saw a sniff out of him what you couldn't tell if they're winning or losing. But I like that because I think you get the most out of your people around you um, because they feed off of you. And I think a lot of times these some of the leaders nowadays, there's a lot of up and down. There's a lot of, you know, yeah. Aaron Rodgers type body language that I just don't like. And I remember Mike Holmgren saying this a lot in, in our time together in Seattle. And he used to say, do not let the other team see you sweat. Do not let them see you're hurting. Do not let them see the frustration. And he thought that that really helped the other team motivate him. It helped uh, to bring the best out of them. It's like a boxing match. When the other guy's hurt, you're coming hard. But if you show you're hurt, you know, that's even worse. And that's what Mike always used to strive for. And, and I totally believe in that. I, he used to beat our guys up with it in a good way, but I, I just the way I see it. So I think the negative body language around the league is, and even the, the over the top celebrations, I just think it's exhausting for us. Let's save some energy here. Yep. I would like to have a culture where that type of stuff gets called out, the body language, where, you know, kind of like the coaches would, oh, you got three loafs, you know, or whatever, where you're loafing yeah. on the film or whatever. That type of stuff can't be allowed to creep in. And it, it used it, to it get just, called out. It drives me crazy at all levels of football. That's like, the, yeah. those are the things culturally that I would care about more than what scheme we're running. Like that type of yep. stuff, just how do we do things? How do we treat each other? How do we talk about the team? Yep. How do that that's yeah. the most sacred thing you have as your as your organization. And to be allowing that type of stuff is you're just coaching it. You might as well be encouraging it. I was never around it to to uh, twice the ex, to the extent you're talking about. Our good friend that you mentioned earlier, Howard Mudd. Yeah. Howard Mudd had a list of stuff in his office every week of of just that. He would hold guys accountable. He would, hey, yep. honesty is, is, if you can't handle the honesty, you're probably not the right spot for you. So I was around it with him for, I don't know, 10 years or so. And yeah. two stints in Seattle. But then the king of it was Nick Saban, my time with him in Miami. Talk about oh, yeah. holding everybody accountable. 
I mean, on the film, everything every day. I mean, <laughs> Phil Savage wrote a book from when he was at Alabama is every day's fourth and goal. <laughs> Nothing could be more true. And I always equated it because my guys would say, how is it? I said, well, you got to tape your ankles every day. Now there's no Friday <laughs> practice. I'm telling you. But having said that, it made me so much better, Mike. I was 25 years in the league, had built three playoff teams out of the four years before I got to him, yep. um, had won the executive of the year. He made me so much better because he held me accountable every day I had to be ready. And yeah. that doesn't happen anymore. And that's not for everybody. I didn't think it was for me. But guess what? It made me, now I lost 30 pounds, which I guess is good and bad during the, my time with sure. him. Sure. But he made me so much better and it invigorated me to where if I ever did go on to be a GM somewhere else, I would use a lot of the same stuff that you can't do when you're younger. You just can't be an asshole when you're younger yeah. all the time and grind people down. Nick didn't really care. And he had had the skins on the wall. He didn't care if, if, if he was talking to a GA at Holy Cross or an NFL executive of the year. They got the same treatment. I think of like, there, there's nothing more valuable than honest feedback. And uh, think what you would have to pay a consulting company to come in and be honest with you and, and evaluate yeah. your operation, right? Yeah. Why, why would we resist it when it's somebody we know telling us, right? I so Someone says, hey, Sando, this could have been 50% better. I'm like, you should be like, thanks. Not, yeah. what are you talking about? That's BS. Mind your own business. Well, right. no, no, no. Yeah. I, you can get better. We can I all totally get better agree. on this stuff. That has to be the mindset. And so much of it is defensive and not don't want to hear it, don't want to be embarrassed. Um, we, we both spend a lot of time at the mothership, right? I think we can say it, ESPN. Yeah. I spent three yeah. years there. And my most negative thought after those three years, because I loved it. And, and if yeah. I wasn't 40 when I was doing it, I'd probably still be doing it. But I just, I, I craved the feedback the, yeah. the accountability, and I got none when I was there. Absolutely none. No one ever told me good, bad, and, and that, yeah. that bothered me. And this had grown, I had grown up in football, right, where we were accountable every day. I yeah. was with Chuck Knox. I was with these guys who, had, who would hold you accountable in every way. Hey, Randy, those shorts are awful. What are you wearing those today for? You know, everything. It, it, some of it was personal. But in, in that mode, and maybe that's the media, I don't know, you've been in it, I just wish they would have been more coaching and would have helped me get better at whatever it is. And I have, that's a, I have a theory, though, in a lot of, this isn't just the media business, in a lot of businesses, to quote my favorite quote from Coach Jim Moore, people don't know whether it's good or bad. They have to. They only know if it's good or bad if it got good TV ratings, or if it got I clicks, guess. or if it got yeah. this. They don't really know uh, yeah. a lot of times if it's good. But in football, the coaches really know. Yeah, <laughs> The coaches right. really know if it's good or bad. So yep. um, they can give that type of feedback. But I think that feedback is rare in a lot of uh, industries. Uh, I think it's, yeah, I think the mechanics of what we do for a living on the football side make it easier to hold people accountable. I don't think it gets the traction that it once did, though, just because society has changed and we're afraid of yeah. the pushback now from that, for sure. Yep. Because I think I've had these conversations with players as well. And when you watch the tape, you know. And, and they'll have the conversation with you because they know you watched it. They know you know. Yeah. So that why would that not make us all better if, if both sides know the other side knows? Yeah. You know, if that absolutely. makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of dynamics, I'm sure, that go into that, that it's easy yeah. for me to talk about. But um, no, that, that's I'm definitely I'm with you and see that. What's your second item in the notebook? Well, the other thing I got a kick out of last week is all the narratives that came out after the trade deadline about 
well, so-and-so offered this and we were pressing hard to make this deal. And I thought we had that deal. I guess, and I'm trying to figure out why does all this stuff come out now? Is this just like 2022 stuff? I mean, people have been doing this for years. If if I were documented yeah. every phone call, I thought I had a deal done. I could have written a, a series of books longer than the Hardy Boys. Okay, I mean, I of all the deals we almost made, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I know there's more more uh, platforms looking for information, so everything gets written. You tell me uh, why why is all these why are all these things a story? Are, are we do we need well, to get out there that we're working? Clearly, yeah, clearly people want people want it out there, right? I always yeah. when anything comes out that's a report, you know, I always think, okay, who does this benefit, right? right. It's really easy when you've been in the business a long time on your side or on my side. I can tell almost I think I could tell with 90% certainty where everything came from yeah, for no the doubt. most part. Yeah, uh, that no type doubt. of stuff. And yep. uh just figure out uh, the agenda of the source, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It of doesn't the mean that, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true or false. It's just the right. way that it is. So I think there's a lot of people competing, um, you know, c- competing for information, and then a lot of people trying to get their their spin out there. So yeah. it is what it is, but it is comical. I see your last item in the GM notebook <laughs> has to do with a certain quarterback who's maybe a little banged up now. He's a little banged up. I like the kid. I think he's a great player, and we're talking about Josh Allen from the Bills. I just have saw a little bit of a the last couple of weeks of mm-hmm. of the MVP Josh reverting to drunk carney Josh. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to taking care of the ball, you know what I'm saying? Like I we did used the to Green say Bay about game him too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple yeah, years exactly. ago, yeah. I, I said I can't get that out of my vision, out of my mind of him in Houston in that first playoff game where he's spinning around and throwing the ball backwards, and I'm thinking, oh man, this is a this is a carnival ride. Well, he did some of that the last couple of weeks, throwing the interceptions in the red zone at the worst time. So I, I'm just saying, I, I'm not saying he's regressing, but I would say this, I'll bet you this has come up at Orchard Park this week about taking care of the ball. Josh, I understand you're confident. I understand we can come back from anything, but here's what we can't do. Give away points. And we gave away seven points last week or we'd have probably won the game. So this is just something that it's reared. It said a couple times here these last couple of weeks with Josh Allen, and we're all we're, again we're holding everybody accountable, right? This is the the football GM. We're holding everybody accountable. Well, I hope they're holding Josh Allen accountable too. I think a month ago we would have said 100 percent they win that division. If he's banged up, and just from what you've seen with I get you know, Miami, mm-hmm. um, Miami's been able to put up points on a lot of people. They haven't been able to always stop, and obviously the. If you could combine the Dolphins' offense with the Jets' defense, you'd probably win the Super Bowl. Uh, the way that's going, but they're, each one of those teams is imbalanced and, and weak on one side and strong on another. Um, what do you think? For is, is there a challenger to the Bills in that division? Well, I still think they're the, the best by far, but I think two things: one, Josh Allen's got to take care of the ball. I don't care who you are, yeah. and two, he has to be more aware of the punishment he's putting on himself. You say he's hurt now a little bit. This guy, nobody takes more hits than he does. Nobody's more fullback oriented than him. I mean, I just, it makes me nervous. And I know he's invincible right now. He's 25 years old or whatever. He's never going to get hurt. Well, just, just, uh, that would be a hard one for me to, to, you don't want to take the stinger away. You don't want to take away what's made him the best. I just, I just think it's a matter of time before this kid gets, start getting nicked up and gets hurt and, then I don't know what we got. I know this. We got no chance to win the Super Bowl if he gets hurt. 
So let's don't be too silly. And he's got an elbow now that's day-to-day. I mean, I'm a little... Yeah. Now it's amazing. Do you see that last throw he made against the Jets? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I'm telling wild. you, it's John Elway. He, he's got a lot yeah. of the same characteristics as John Elway. I said it in his Wyoming report at the time. No way is he John Elway, but he reminds me of John Elway. That thing went 70 yards and hit the guy between the numbers. I know. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> went right through the breadbasket. It was unbelievable. And I think before that, or maybe it was hard after, I mean, his elbow was obviously bothering him already. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. No. Well, Let's get into our picks this week. We were, uh, we were, we were Jeff Fisher last week. We were, five, <laughs> we were five hundred. Um, which, by the way, he, Jeff Fisher did have a lot of winning seasons. He did. Um, yeah, I think he did. He thirteen and threes in there, which was Super okay. Bowl. So, I gotcha. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, they did have a run of some five hundreds in there too. Um, I was one, one and one. I pushed with Atlanta I, uh, against the Chargers. Come on, man! Matt Mariota's got <laughs> the guy wide open for a touchdown with five minutes left. But that's. That's why he's yeah, where he is. Yeah. Uh, I won with Seattle where I said the wrong team was favored. Got yeah. a point and a half against Arizona. Really lost with Buffalo. Yeah, uh, I gave 13 with the Jets. That's my mistake, I think. I think the Jets' defense is really good. So maybe they're not going to lose. But I just thought, man, Zach Wilson, I just thought he turned the ball over. But when he doesn't, they're going to be in every game, right? Yeah, he, he's a good player. They just The people in New York need to stop saying every week, what do we have in Josh or Zach Wilson, he's yeah. going to be your quarterback for the next couple of years. So just ride it out. Let's let's yeah. look at the let's play the long game on Zach Wilson. Yep, yep. Uh, and you went one on one, Randy. You won with Jacksonville against yep. Las Vegas. Lost with Carolina. Poof, uh, did against I? Cincinnati. That wow. was a weird one. Yeah, uh, yeah I wasn't was a... anticipating it to go sideways like that either. But Oof. that's that one went nowhere fast. Yeah. yeah. Who do you got this week? Well, a couple games for me. Um, my first pick is the Giants because the Giants lost a tough one, as we both know, to Seattle a week ago. They're by rested now. They're at home after this tough loss. I just think they're going to be refocused. They play the Texans, who aren't very good, at home. I'm surprised they're only a five-point favorite, the Giants. I thought this was a seven- or eight-point game minimum. So I think the Giants win and cover handily. So I'm on well, the Giants. I think here's why. Here's their their wins have been by eight, six, five, four, three, and one point. Yeah. And they only they never th- really risk the ball throwing it. So I think they sort of play to get to the fourth quarter. Um, so that will be interesting in this case. Do they sort of get that extra touchdown? You know, because uh, Saquon Barkley going against that defense that Derrick Henry had 200 yards on, and everybody can run on. Maybe this is the week that they get a win by more than a score than one score that's kind of that's are they, what are, you're betting on are the texans blacked out in vegas um, they have they not seen any games in vegas of the texans <laughs> are they, yeah. they are, uh, adjusting to some blackout that i don't know about yeah come on <laughs> well sometimes Seriously. i wonder if they see the teams uh, yeah okay and then who's your other pick <laughs> i got you my other pick is i'm going to take the titans given two and a half against the broncos i think Tannehill's going to play they'll actually maybe attempt to throw a forward pass <laughs> oh my maybe goodness. Um, I don't think we bring up Malik Willis and how that is gone, but <laughs> can we truly say a year away from a year away, maybe a year away? You know, <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. Why would me. you do this? I don't understand that one as to why are we forcing this? They have Logan Woodside sitting there, right? Another quarterback who they've had as their backup. What, I know we want to get this kid some time, but I want to win some games, man. <laughs> yeah, then maybe there's an internal poll there and prioritizing. Yeah. I'd like to know what's going what, on but... behind the scenes there. Yeah, but um, yeah, and I think they'll beat the Broncos. 
Yeah, to go to to basically take the Chiefs to overtime in Arrowhead while completing five passes is pretty special. I mean, that's incredible year right there. For yeah, incredible, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're two and a half point favorites against the Broncos. So, any way you look at it, it's probably the same yeah. th- line of thinking that you just gave me on the Giants. Nobody thinks they're going to score, yeah. so it's going to yeah. be a nineteen seventeen game. You know. Yeah, so I'm going to do Tennessee also. So you had uh, giving two and a half. I think I saw giving three. I'll, I'll take the two and a half thing. I like that <laughs> right, better. Yep. Um, I do agree. I think the Titans are just a tough team. Yep. Uh, I, I think agree. They, they're just good. They'll find a um, way. I agree. They'll find a way. And then I'm going to I'm going to stay away from the Colts and Raiders one. It's, I, I was initially a little bit interested in it, but I'm going to go back to Seattle this week. I think people mm-hmm. are not watching them. Yep. Uh, because if you take their first four games or whatever, when the defense was terrible and you average far. into yeah. the stats from afar, you yep. think, well, the Brady will get it going against these guys. Have you watched the last few games? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I just Turnover that- ratio is incredible. Defense playing way better. I Tampa definitely going to have a game now. This the, is- the running back? I mean, yeah. is is so Tampa Bay can't really run the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And their quarterback, if you look at the rushing that Seattle's given up, it's Kyler Murray running. They're, yeah. they're not giving up the back lately. So right. is Tom Brady going to run? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I think this is just going to be interesting. Now, may, I just think it was it looks so hard for Tampa Bay for so long Yeah, that we'll see. You think the wrong team's favored? I think the wrong team's favored. I, mean, yeah. I, think, I think it's a more of a toss-up pick game. Pick-em game, yeah. But yeah. I just don't feel very good about Tampa. Yeah, I agree now, with you. Now, I also... You know, we'll say on the Seattle side, Geno Smith had two or three balls that really could have been picked last week, and yeah. he did. Like, he one of them got picked six, so he has to protect the ball a little better in some of these throws that he did. Last yeah, their week. margin for error is less against Tampa than it was against Arizona for sure. Yes, and yeah. so he has done some really good things in some of the other games, but I felt like for a ten point win. They also had some guys wide open down the field, and, and I think his read just took him to shorter stuff, and he, maybe he even did the right thing. But yep. um, that did prop up on me. You know, come to my mind a little bit this last week that there were some balls being batted around that he shouldn't have thrown in the red zone. So this is a test for him, too, uh, against a better defense. I just think yep. the energy is with uh, the Seattle team Pete, right yeah. now. Yep. and. Just watching Mike Evans get sandwiched and struggle to get up and Brady calling out the effort. Pete Carroll's yeah. not calling out the effort with those guys. Those guys are playing fast. They're hungry. They They're are hungry. fast. And it just yeah. looks like, yeah. So we'll see. Those are my two. I got you. I, I don't disagree with either one of those. Of course, I have yeah. one of them. So I have the same pick yeah. on one of them. So. You have yeah. one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're the yeah. Maybe they're the same pick that I'm I'm picking against Russell Wilson in Denver and I'm picking <laughs> For the team that moved on from Russell Wilson, maybe they were still on that. I don't know. Maybe I should be wearing a wristband during this. Uh, during this, <laughs> that's thing a whole nother topic. A whole nother podcast. There. Yeah, uh, Pete Hero can't help himself. It seems like <laughs> little, little uh, comments. But anyway, hey, thanks everybody for listening this week. You can find Randy Mueller's work at MuellerFootball.com. You can find him on Twitter at Randy Mueller underscore. You can find me on the Athletic Mike Sando and on Twitter at Sando. NFL. You got anything else, Randy? No, I'm good to go. Ready to put it in the books and uh, watch some more football starting uh, Thursday night. Yeah, should be fun. Uh, We'll talk to everybody next time. This was the Athletic Football Show.